The following is the English translation of Pastor Meng Wu's teaching on the Book of Genesis, chapter forty-one to forty-two, translated by Ray. Read the Bible every day, so you will be full of faith. So today we will read Genesis chapter forty-one and forty-two. In chapter forty-one, verse one, after two whole years, Pharaoh dreamed that he was standing by the Nile, and behold, there came up out of the Nile seven cows, attractive and plump. And behold, seven other cows, ugly and thin. So the time of these two dreams happens after two years, when the cupbearer restored his position in the palace, and so he is now back to the size of Pharaoh for two years. And in these two years, God is actually preparing Joseph so that he can stand in front of Pharaoh. So you can imagine, two years ago, Joseph was still caring about the injustice that he has endured. So he managed the prison, and he helped the cupbearer. And before the cupbearer left, he even reminded him not to forget him. If it's possible, may you please say something in front of the pharaoh so that I can get out of the jail. But the cupbearer completely forgot about these things. You can imagine if cupbearer remember it, then Joseph will be released from the jail. But actually, Joseph would not be able to step into his destiny. And that would not be able to fulfill the prophecy that the entire family of Jacob they will all came to Egypt and then became a great nation. So their families, we as a Christian, one of the things that is most scary is that we can never wait on God's timing. So remember, he waits for two years. The cupbearers forget him for another two years, but it's actually better for him to forget Joseph for two years because if cupbearer didn't forget him. And Joseph is being released. Who can interpret the dream for Pharaoh? Maybe Pharaoh even wouldn't have this dream. But instead, in God's timing, when Pharaoh had these dreams, and when he had the dream, then the chief cupbearer said to Pharaoh, "Now I remember my offense today. This is such a special words. In a moment, in just a moment, Joseph was brought out from the pit and now came in before Pharaoh." After these two years, now it's enough amount of time to wait, and now Joseph knows how to stand in front of Pharaoh and how to talk to him. So while he was interpreting the dream, he can immediately answer that the dream of Pharaoh are one. And then in verse thirty-two, and the doubling of Pharaoh's dream means that the thing is fixed by God, and God will shortly bring it about. So remember, fifteen years ago, Joseph also had two dreams, and those two dreams are one as well. So he had personally experienced everything. He was sold by his brother. He was sold to Paul the Fur, and then he was put in prison. In these years, his life matures so greatly, and he know how to understand God's revelation. So he can immediately say that these two dreams are one. And so, but why can Joseph interpret the dreams? Of course, it is because of God's grace and gift. But of course, the foundation of his ability to interpret the dream is because in these so many years he is willing to patiently wait for God's timing. So everything he experienced in the past, he realized that there are value behind it. Sometimes when we are serving at church or when we are doing some seemingly trivial task in the marketplace, we feel like, oh, who will see that? Who will care about the things that I do? Who will understand all my efforts? No one really know me. But now Joseph can understand from the beginning of his dream till when he was sold to the household of Potiphar, even to the jail. None of these are in vain. Everything is the intentional arrangement from the Lord, so that he will have this ability to communicate and talk to Pharaoh. And in these two years, his life also matured a lot. 
He's not. He was in the jail. Everyone who interact with were standing in front of Pharaoh, and he know that all these peoples they were besides Pharaoh, but they all made some mistakes. So now he know how to speak and talk to Pharaoh. So their families sometimes God will put us in the valley. Maybe it feels like oh everything that I encounter it really hurt my feeling, hurt my emotion, makes me feel down. Why do I always keep um、uh, interact with all these kind of people? But actually, this is the best arrangement that God has for us, so that it can help us at the right timing to say the right word and to make the right decision. So when Joseph is talking to Pharaoh when he is interpreting the dream, he said, "Now therefore, let Pharaoh select a discerning and wise man and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh proceed to appoint overseers over the land and took one fifth of the produce of the land of Egypt during the seven plentiful years." And you have to build the city to store up the grains. So, if two years ago, if Joseph has this chance to talk to Pharaoh, maybe he will add some more words. Oh, Pharaoh, if it's possible, can you please release me from the prison? But you know, Pharaoh, he is so busy. How would he remember someone who was just brought in front of him from the jail to interpret the dream for him? Maybe after the interpretation, will the Pharaoh also forget him? Like two years ago, when Kabira forgot Joseph, don't you think that Joseph might be worried or anxious that oh, will Pharaoh also forget me after my interpretation? Will I go back to the pit in the complete darkness? But Joseph, after two years, he has no extra word. You know, Joseph, since his young age, he's always a very outspoken person. Whenever his brother do anything wrong, he will tell their dad. And then when he saw any visions or dreams, he will immediately tell the entire world. He will tell his father, and his brothers are jealous of him. And even his father rebuked him. And then later on, when he's in Potiphar's place because he stand firm for the Lord, he was framed by the mistress. And then in the jail, he interpreted the dream for the cupbearer. And then he forgot him. So you know, he slowly he realized and he learned that everything indeed is God's arrangement. Everything that I experience, it's God intentional molding and sculpting process. So he no longer try to speak for himself, and he know how to communicate and talk to Pharaoh. So later on in verse thirty eight to forty one, no wonder the Pharaoh said, "Can you find a man like this in whom is the spirit of God?" So yeah, it's you. You are the one, the discerning one. And later on, he immediately arranged the marriage for him, and then promote him greatly. At that time, he was just thirty years old. During the seven plentiful years, the earth produced abundantly. And now he's married, and he has kids, and he named his kids as Manasseh, for God has made me forget all my hardship. And then the name of his second kid he called Ephraim, for God has made me fruitful. So after so many years of pain, he put no regards. He don't remember them anymore. So many suffering and pain, he can now finally let go completely in front of God. So that's why he can say, God has now made me fruitful. So their families in the Old Testament, Joseph is the first one who can really see the cross, the glory of the cross. Even though in the process it seems very painful, but in the very end, it's full of glory, and he can experience. The complete let go and forgetting, and the prosper and fruitfulness afterwards. So, dear families, is there anything that you still remember deep down in your heart that you can never forget? Maybe it's a hurt from someone, someone despise you. Maybe someone failed their promise, or it's a pain from the past relationship, or maybe the hurt from your children, from your parents, from your spouse that you can never forget. 
sometimes you know these things are actually hindering us from stepping into our glorious destiny. So today you can make this prayer, Lord. May you give me a grace of Manasseh, a grace to forget. All these things that you want me to learn in the past many years is not trying to harden my heart, but instead to help me so that my words, my language can be cleansed by you. But rather than whenever I find someone, I will try to pour out to say all the hardship that I went through in the past, all the suffering in my past, all the pain. You know, two years ago, Joseph was also like that. But now, when he speak to Pharaoh, he no longer talk about his hardship or injustice. He also never asked Pharaoh to redress those things. He didn't say that. Oh, in these two years, you don't know how much pain I I I experienced. No one cares. No, Joseph didn't say all these. Joseph said, "Forget it. Let God let me forget." You know, God today makes me fruitful. So this is the prayer that we have to make today. Lord, may you help me to forget everything. To bring me into a life of fruitfulness, lead me into maturity, so that I can step into my destiny. And later on in chapter forty-two, we will see that God has made a very unusual move. What do I mean by an unusual move? So here, Egypt is a Gentile nation. Because of Joseph, they experience seven years of abundant years, and then because they store the grains, so they can later on peacefully. Went through the years of famine, and they even have access that can give others. But what about Jacob? What about Israel? Who cares about them? You know, there's famine everywhere. Everyone has famine, so Israel also has famine. You know, it seems like son of gods. They don't have like a lot of blessing. But how come Egyptians? They have such a blessing. So maybe sometimes you'll experience this God unusual move. It seems like the ones who don't want God. Who don't have faith, they seem to be blessed by the Lord. But instead, the one who has faith, who are faithful for the Lord, they love the Lord. We, how come we are also experience all the suffering that all the layoff, all the poor economy, all the shaking in the circumstances, or maybe the district that we live? There are a lot of bad things. It seems like I'm unlucky. You will see that every unusual move from the Lord is actually to helping us, not just me stepping into the calling. But also, my entire family has to step into the destiny. So now Joseph himself, he can step into his destiny. But what about the family of Jacob? What about his brothers? They all have to step into their destiny. So God uses this unusual move to remind you: it's not a time for you to complain, to doubt, to criticize, or to question. But instead, you should start to give thanks and praise the Lord. Lord, even though I don't understand, but I believe every trial you have your gracious will behind. So in the beginning of chapter forty-two, Jacob said to his son, "Why do you look at one another?" And he said, "Behold, I have heard that there is grain for sale in Egypt. Go down and buy grain for us there, that we may live and not die." So ten of Joseph's brother went down to buy grains in Egypt, but Jacob did not send Benjamin, for he feared that harm may happen to him. Wow! So you can see that Jacob he still has his reservation, even though he changed a lot. He lost Joseph. He lost Rachel. But he still thought, "I cannot lose more." So everyone can go, but my son Benjamin cannot go with you guys. So how would you think other kids when they hear this? How would they feel? So you can see that Jacob, he still has his natural power. He still has his a、uh, character that wants to grab, that wants to take. So now, okay, the other kids they came down to buy the grains and they went to Egypt. And then there's one special thing. That you know, so many people come to buy grains, but Joseph somehow sold his brother. So you see, this is God's intentional arrangement. 
And then Joseph says, "You guys are spies." And you see, Joseph was testing them. Says, "You are spies. You have come to see the nakedness of the land." But his brother said, "No, no, no. Your servants have come to buy food. We are honest men. We have never been spies." But Joseph said, "No, you are spies." And so he put them all together in custody for three days. Oh, I will test if you are spies. So, wow. Now what? Did didn't Joseph say that he just forget everything? Isn't Joseph now fruitful? But why now Joseph is behaving like this? Is he like, oh, now I got this chance. Now it's a time for me to revenge. But actually, it's not that case. Because remember, Joseph is a prefigure of Jesus Christ in the Bible. So Joseph, he obtained his glory through the cross, and so he also represents Jesus Christ through the cross. He obtained the glory, and this glory is intended to release everyone's life. So Joseph, his trial on his brother is not that he's trying to revenge, but instead he wants to try his brother's heart. Because in the past, Joseph's heart was also tested by the Lord, and he stand firm step by step. So now he realized that through God's trial, I can be mature, I can grow up, and I can understand God's will. So Joseph also is using this process to help his brother to grow up. So you know, today if you face some temptations, some trials or challenges, don't complain. But instead, you should tell Lord, "Thank you for your revealing the truth of my heart." If there's any weaknesses in me, any complaint, any criticism, Lord, may you have mercy on me. Give me this gentleness, humility. Let me be honest and real in front of you. Thank you for revealing my weaknesses to me through all the trials. Let thank you for letting me know how much I need your salvation. So in all these trials, Joseph said, "Bring your youngest brother as an evidence, so that you guys won't die." And then he kept Simeon, and then let all the other brothers to bring back with a lot of food. But these persons said, "No, no, no, we can't do that because my father, our father says no, we cannot bring the youngest brother." So here you see, Joseph, he is not that he doesn't trust them, but he wants to. Uh, help his brother through these trials be able to step into their destiny, and he kept Simeon here is because Simeon is the most cruel one among all the brothers. You know, Simeon and Levi, they too, they in together, they kill all the people in Shechem. And also back the time when Joseph was thrown into the pit, Simeon also said, "Why don't we just kill him?" So Simeon, he has this spirit of cruelty in him. So Joseph, he intentionally kept him. In the jail, and here Joseph is trying to do a thing. He's trying to test his brothers. After these twenty-two years, he was sold into Egypt for fifteen years, and then there are seven years of abundance. After twenty-two years, is his brother has his brother changed? Does Simeon change? Also for Reuben, is he still as passionate as before? Is he still willing to stand firm for the younger brother? Is Reuben is he able to know God's will? So that he first kept Simeon, and then later on, you see when Joseph is crying, you can see his heart. It's also the same heart as Jesus Christ. Jesus, when he is testing us, he's not being ruthless. And you can see when Joseph is crying, he's crying in love, even though it seems like he behaved in a ruthless way. But it's actually because he loves his brothers so much that he intentionally not trying to help them, and he loves them so much that he wants to help them to grow. So this is a mature heart that can really rule over with the Lord together. So, dear families, today we can also pray that Lord may help me, help me to mature. So maybe even though it seems harsh to me, maybe your pruning on me is difficult. 
but in I thank you, or even when you are dealing with some very tiny detailed things in my life, I believe it's because you have a very deep love on me. If you didn't answer my prayer or I didn't receive my blessing, I know it's because you love me so much that you don't want to give me right away, but instead you want my life to mature up to have the full authority so that I can know how to use this blessing and ability. You have to understand this heart. And then so Joseph he cried and then but at the same time he do this seemingly ruthless thing. It's actually God's heart, his love towards us so strong to a degree but he also want to test us and to help us to mature up and then later on they found that okay all their monies are in their sacks and then they're returned to their father's place and say that they have to bring the younger brother to egypt but jacob said no 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 you see then in verse 37 38 reuben said to his father kill my two sons if i don't bring him back to you put him in my hands and i will bring him back to you I will definitely bring back Benjamin. I will definitely bring back Simeon. But what did Jacob says? He says, my son shall not go down with you. Well, who does he mean by saying my son? He says, Benjamin. But what about all the other son? Like, oh, his brother Joseph has died. I have only him. If harm should happen to him on the journey that you are to take, you would bring down my gray hairs with sorrow to show. But remember at that time, Simeon is still in Egypt. How did Jacob see Simeon? His own son is still in Egypt. So here we have to realize that Jacob, his love in natural, he still has this preference. You know, the love of the parents sometimes is incomplete. Maybe we feel that we are being treated unfairly. Maybe we feel that there's partiality. Okay, now Benjamin is your son, but what about us? But you have to see it from God's perspective. All 12 sons of Jacob, they have to step into their destiny. Because the prophecy said that there will be 12 tribes coming out from Jacob. So maybe our biological parents, they will show partiality. Their love is partiality, but God's love shows no partiality. Here, Simeon is being kept. Reuben, he's pleading. And Benjamin is being protected. You know, every single kid, they are equally important in God's eye. So God wants us to know that even though there might be partiality in our biological parents, but God sees us equally important. So here, Simeon is intentionally being kept by the Lord. And also Joseph is intentionally being arranged so that he can be sold. And here, Benjamin is being overly protected. It's also God's arrangement. Because later on, there will be another thing that we will see Judah. He has to step up to protect Benjamin. And then so Judah can also step into his destiny. And Benjamin can also step into his destiny. This is also related to later on when, when Israel is separate into the North and South Kingdom. Because in God's family, he has prepared, prearranged that. When the tribe of Benjamin cast their lots, it will be within Judah. And Benjamin, he will always be protected by Judah. So this is one step that Judah can step into a fulfillment, a completion of his destiny. So their families... You remember that God's destiny for us is definitely surpassing the natural love that our parents have towards us. So please don't feel that you are being treated unfairly. Don't feel that you were never loved properly by someone. Even our immaturity of our parents, the way they treated me, God knows everything. He will definitely help us to step into our destiny. So today, if God has an unusual move that blessed the uh, Gentile nation, that blessed the unbelievers and let you 
uh, receive a deficit. It's actually God trying to elevate you to upgrade you. Maybe God will bring up something that in the past they God want to deal with those issues. Simeon's cruelty is being dealt with, and today the hurt of Joseph is being dealt with again. He's crying, but he at the same time he's testing his brother. Now Joseph know God's will very well. So he knows that if they didn't pass through this trial, they will not be mature up. They will not know their own heart. They will not want to have God. So today, their families, please believe that God's destiny and promise for us, He will never regret. He will definitely fulfill it. And He will definitely promise you. So I want to bless everyone today. May we all pray in front of the Lord. Lord, may you help me to step into this. All the unfair treatment, all the forgetting from the past in the by previous people, all the mistreatment or partiality, even from my parents, I have to believe that my destiny is still in your hand. Amen.